Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Comics Coffee Mill Podcast. I'm your host, Don Cardenas, and I hope you had a fantastic week. So, we are ever getting closer to the end of the year, and as we do so, I am finding myself quite reflective about all the things I've read, all the things I've listened to this year, and that hasn't really led to a lot of time for me to ingest any new stuff. Granted, I've been listening to a lot of music and kind of reading some comics and... A lot of it is just stuff I've already done this year because I'm trying to, I guess, kind of figure out what was my favorite stuff this year. You know, I I don't know if I'm going to do like a top five list or anything like that, but I'm just kind of revisiting a lot of it. And I've listened to a lot of really great stuff uh, and I've read a lot of really great comics and I have read a couple new comics, some Kickstarters that I've backed a long time ago (laughs) and I've finally read and some that I've backed recently and have gotten a chance to read, and I would definitely be talking about those in the future, especially as I kind of, I don't know, I approach 2022 with some different ideas about the show. Like last year, I kind of changed things up when I started doing episodes with the with the recommendations in front of the interviews, and I don't know if I'm going to continue that anymore or if these talking about things I've been reading and uh listening to if those are going to be more i don't know a separate episode all at once a month or something like that i'm still kind of figuring it out uh i love doing the show um but i want to do it in a manner that i enjoy doing it (laughs) and sometimes it feels like i'm just trying to find something I really like and want to recommend every week when some cases it's I'm I'm listening to good stuff or I'm listening to comics and it it, it takes a bit more out of me <laughs> to find that stuff to to really think about it and I'm not going to sit here and pretend that people are waiting my approval on something or waiting my opinion on a thing but I also want to be someone who shares things that I'm enjoying and hopefully other people's will enjoy out there and kind of putting more pressure on it kind of takes a little bit of the fun out of that um and by a little bit of the fun I mean a lot of the fun so I am not done recommending things this year I am not done recommending recommending things at all if I haven't done this I would not have come across so many great things that I've enjoyed. I just need to find a way to do it that's better. That's that's more streamlined. I had mentioned on Twitter that maybe maybe I would be doing some kind of live stream stuff, you know, and if there's a guest that's down for it, you know, maybe doing a video version of the show that will be released audio, but we we do a premiere on YouTube and we stream it and we have some participation from viewers. I uh I don't know. Again, I, A lot of it is me just kind of examining what I think the show is, what it can be, what the best version of that is, because I want it it to be enjoyable for you all, too. And, you know, there's not a legion of numbers (laughs) on this show, but there's there's a good amount of people who come back week after week, it seems, 
and I am incredibly appreciative of that and I want to make something that you're wanting and looking forward to coming back every week for. So yeah, it, it's it's just one of those things. <laughs> you know, I, It could be a lot of it could be self-doubt. A lot of it could be this was fine. Why are you messing with it? I don't know. And another big thing is just I kind of feel the episodes are too long. I love having my conversations with people and I never want to cut those short, especially since the people I talk to are the reason I do the show because I find them interesting or, you know, I'm a fan or uh, they're a friend and they're just people I want to highlight and present to people and hopefully get more people to appreciate them and their works. But I also know if I want this channel, this channel, <laughs> this isn't YouTube. Uh, if I want this podcast to grow, if I wanted to expand more, you know, hour and a half episodes probably ain't the way to go. Um, I don't have a massive built-in audience. So when it comes to that kind of stuff, I definitely, uh, I definitely need to think smarter rather than uh, working more at <laughs> trying to get that to go. Again, all this could just not be for anything, and I just stay with what I'm doing, and that's what it is. I don't know. Uh, I appreciate you listening to this kind of stream of consciousness ramble right now. Because uh, if you haven't guessed, I don't have any recommendations this week. Um, again, I've listened to some great stuff. I've been reading some great stuff. Um, I will toss out there. I'm finally reading Blacking Out, a Kickstarter graphic novel I backed. I don't even remember when I backed it. But... Um, and I don't even have the full the full list here of the people involved with it, which, you know, shame on me for not having that ready if I'm bringing it up. But, you know, the art is by Peter Krause, someone I've adored his work ever since, Irredeemable. And it's it looks fantastic. It's a really fantastic book. But yeah, I don't have enough. I haven't finished it. I don't have enough to say about it, to recommend it, even though I'm pretty sure I'm going to recommend it. Um, you know, I've read uh, parts of Lyft from my buddy Jason Ford another great Kickstarter that I, I backed and I'm looking forward to finishing that. And yeah, you know, there's the abdominal Charles Christopher, the well-beloved webcomic series that I've adored for many years. And the third volume of that is uh, waiting in my inbox. And, you know, that's not to say for all the other fantastic series I've been recommending throughout the year that I need to catch up on, or I need to reread and reexamine just because again, I'm kind of throwing together the idea of, a best of or or not even a best of because that's that's extremely subjective um or objective I don't, I don't know words good you know maybe just my my favorites you know and, and kind of figuring out what's going to be with that but that's that's that i guess remains to be seen uh so i should guess i should stop rambling and we should get to the good stuff right yeah before that a word from our sponsor Oh, hello, fellow humans. You caught me in the middle of drinking coffee while reading comics and listening to metal. Do you ever get curious about how your favorite creators get their inspiration? Have you ever wondered what led them down this path? Well, join me, noted comic book heartthrob Grant Stoy, as I do deep dive interviews with some of the best comic book folks around on Into the Comics Cave. Each week we examine a creator's history and find out stuff like where they grew up or whether or not birds with lips are sexy. You can find us on Apple, Stitchers, 
most anywhere you stream your podcast. Now back to my favorite hugger in the world, Don Cardenas. All right, on to our guest. Uh, one of the things I'm putting in like effective immediately is an additional intro to introduce my guest. My guests are amazing, and I kind of have an intro for them, and I'm going to start tailoring that more to them at the recording time. But yes, my guest is Shadi Amin, fantastic artist. I've followed her work for a couple years now, and she's just getting better and better. She's already you know, a well-established pro at this point, but seeing her, her work grow and getting a chance to really enjoy, uh, her most recent graphic novel, spider ham, great, uh, great power, no responsibility. It was just a delight and getting a chance to talk to her was a lot of fun. And she's got a lot of great stuff going. We have a really great chat about a whole bunch of cool stuff. And yeah, so you've heard enough of me already going to hear a little bit more of me, but then you're going to hear Shadia, and it's going to be great. All right, let's go. A couple months ago, I got the privilege and uh, I, I guess I could say uh, honor to read a reader review copy of a really funny, really awesome graphic novel entitled Spider-Ham. Great power, no responsibility. And Though I've uh, known the fantastic artist on the book for a little bit here on Twitter, uh, I'm finally glad to say I can have spoken to her in person and uh, we can delve into uh, her kind of uh, some questions I have regarding her process and the book and just a whole bunch of other stuff. But before we do any of that, Shadi Amin, Comics Coffee Metal, what are you digging right now? What am I digging? As yes. in electronic or as in like... What, what, what are you liking right now? What's 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 your, you know, what's the thing you've enjoyed recently of those things? Uh, weirdly enough, uh, recently I've just been gotten into looking um, uh, coffee-wise. Just been drinking my regular Colombian coffee in the mornings. Although sometimes when I'm working late, I drink uh, the Starbucks double shots. They're mm-hmm. really good. <laughs> and... As in comics, I sadly have not been able to read a lot of comics because I've been so busy on NDA work. But I literally have like a three-tower stack on my office bed right now. <laughs> um, but I've been trying to like just catch up with... Uh, I, I had the chance to uh, read this webcomic. It's on uh, Johnny Wander. But it's one of the stories inside Johnny Wander. But I forgot the name of that story. But I've been like enjoying it a lot. It's like the most recent one that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I've been like reading recently. Um, and uh, as for music, uh, weirdly enough, I've been getting into like musical productions. Um, but that's mostly because my husband is a theater actor. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. Yeah, so uh, whenever he tells me about a production and I go see it, I go in a deep rabbit hole on it just out of curiosity. Uh, Now that rabbit hole for me is the sound of music. (laughs) So I've seen the theater play. I have to manage sound actually on like two, four days of the play. And and I kind of went on a rabbit hole and I just today saw the movie one with Julie Andrews and Christopher Plummer. And it was really yeah. good. I'm glad I'm glad I finally got to watch it. Awesome. Awesome. 
you mentioned a little before we started recording uh, that you you grew up in Colombia, and so I'm, I'm kind of curious: is there a special coffee preparation you have, or is it just you you ground it, you put it in the coffee maker, and and there you go? A lot of it at this point, we don't even grind it. We just like have the instant stuff. Okay. Or at least that's just how I grew up. But I'm pretty sure that's just how much of like your average Colombian family grew up. Okay. Uh, we just uh, get uh, the coffee and just have it with milk and sugar. And usually mm-hmm. a lot of it is that uh, we don't even like make the coffee with water and then add the the the. The milk, sometimes we just heat the milk and put the instant coffee and oh. then just, yeah. And then and then we add the sugar. Sometimes either it's just like a spoonful of sugar or just a packet of like Splenda or Stevia. Okay. And okay. we just have that for breakfast. Yeah, it's interesting to hear uh, new ways of people making coffee aside from the almost... Well, not almost, definitely too complicated ways <laughs> a lot of people do it these days. The most I'll get complicated with is like a French press situation. But I tried it. It was not for me. It's It, it requires a commitment for sure. Because you, you, then at the end you have these grounds and you're like, I got to do something. I got to like scoop these out and like throw them away. And it's just kind of a pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. I uh, I don't have it. I just like it quick. If it tastes fine, I don't need like the finest grain with the richest. No, if it tastes good, I'm good and I'm ready to go with it. Awesome, awesome. I'm the, I'm just that kind of question I, uh, person. I just like I want it quick. I want it done. If if it wakes me up, I'm good. All right. Um. <laughs> so you mentioned you had the comic stack. <laughs> uh, I recently over the uh, Thanksgiving weekend here. I was like, okay, I'm going to not do any work. I'm just going to spend spend some time catching up on my reading, which I did absolutely zero of. Um, and cuz I have again the stacks as well. So, but you know, it it's I have a couple of series I'm really trying to get back into and finish off completely. But it got me thinking like is there a series you have that you kind of uh like a, a a series that's kind of like still ongoing or has ended and you just haven't gotten off to fin- gotten to finishing it and you're just kind of like you know always saying like soon soon i'm gonna sit down <laughs> yeah. and finish this uh definitely the killjoys comics i always put them off for some reason i guess i just mm-hmm. never like had the time but uh i went to a local comic shop here and uh basically there were selling like several of like the special edition volumes so i was like well i got my first big paycheck might as well treat myself (laughs) and i bought them um and i also and i got basically a lot of the stuff that like i have never like seen online people talking about them that just like kind of called my attention uh let me see if i can pull one of the stats randomly oh but um yes the one that I was looking for, uh, Space Battle Lunchtime. I have never heard of it ever, but I saw it and I was like, I need to read this. This is like right on my alley. That, um, sounds, that sounds pretty interesting. Space Battle Lunchtime. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, I have like a bunch of manga that I have not had the time to read. I started reading Demon Slayer. Actually, the one manga that I did manage to finish recently was Chainsaw Man. Uh, because it's really hard to put down once you start reading it. 
it's absolutely insane just how good it is. You know, I've, I have such a big blind spot when it comes to manga that whenever someone mentions it and brings it up, I always have like this, you know, mental voice in the back of my head going like, write that down. You, you're going to go check this out. And it's always like, yeah, when? Because <laughs> I look at all my, you know, other comics I haven't gotten to. But um, I was it Demon Slayer is definitely one of the ones that I hear pop up a lot. And Chainsaw Man, I've heard a few people recommend that one a lot. So, you know, I'm I'm going to have to once again tell myself I should check those out. Uh, just because, you know, I I grew up on the big two Marvel DC superhero stuff, mainly Marvel. And but now that I'm, you know, not a, a teenager anymore for quite a while, uh, I find myself just drawn to a lot more of the independent and kind of like off off kilter stuff um yeah no i feel you so yeah it's like i feel like i feel like i'm getting ready for a like a manga kick soon i just don't know when and also it's it's gonna hit yeah it's like it's gonna hit me soon because also i may be mistaken but a lot of it is really readily available digitally yes um and not for that much um my husband is paying like Three to six, I don't remember, dollars a month for the Shonen Jump app. Oh, that's not... That's, that's not yeah, fun. and basically you read all the Shonen Jump uh, stuff that you can, that it's, like, ready, readily available. Um, uh, so it's it's a huge advantage. I know, like, with stuff like Comixology, there is the disadvantage that you have to pay for the comic, but again, a lot of that money do, do goes to the creator yeah. or the company that yeah. publishes it. So it's a bit different, it's a compromise that I understand. But still, I think Marble, Marble, yes, it they do also have a reading app with access to like a lot of the comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every for people to read. Well, as we're in, you know, headed into the holiday season here, um, it's always one of those things that pops up with when my wife's like, "Well, what do you want for Christmas?" And I'm like, "Well, I, I would never be mad at like the Marvel, like a subscription to that Marvel app because I know they're like six months behind, but I'm like." A decade behind anyway. (laughs) So it's fine by me. It's really good because uh, when... It's really good when you need, like, reference or sometimes Mm -hmm. I just really don't have the money or the space to get all the comics. So having, like, a one-month time limit or at least a month subscription to just read everything that you need is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, But unfortunately, I did have to, again, cancel it because I just don't have the time. I've been so busy Mm -hmm. that I have not been able to, like, read a comic. Um, So, (laughs) like, yeah, I think Chainsaw Man has been, like, the one full uh, comic series that I have read in the entire year. Everything else is either halfway read or untouched. Unfortunately. So, So, you know bringing up the fact that you know you had to look up some marvel stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> for some reference uh let's get right let's just get let's get right to that yeah uh, so spider ham how yeah. did you how did you get approached for was it like a kind of like a, a casting call so to speak for an artist for the book or did you were you already familiar with steve fox the writer or the editor how did you get involved in the project uh, basically, actually, I got contacted by the book designer, but she was also like my editor, uh, Jess Metzler. Uh, and um, 
she basically contacted me later. I found out that it was Michael Mokio who was an editor at Boom and he saw my work on Gumball there. And so he recommended me and Steve. Uh, and he is working. He, I think he left the Scholastic. I don't remember what he's doing now, but he was the one that recommended me. And before that, I have never met Steve at all. Um, so it wasn't until like, when I was like done with the artwork or like at least done with the thumbnails is when I started to like talking to Steve online. But after that, he was like pretty much like blind on after he sent a script, he just didn't know what was happening. Oh, okay. Um, so shortly after, I think like that I reached him out because I was like, Hey, uh, do you want a cameo in the comic? And he was <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, hell yeah, let's do this. And I drew him and his partner in the comic and i drew me my husband and some of my friends and i drew the colorist not the colorist my flatter and his wife um in the comic so just i, I like if i i'm gonna feel background characters might as well put people i know yeah, just exactly. because it's fun yeah i like doing that who doesn't like being in the comic either right exactly you know i've said this before on this show but i'm like you know i i, I constantly put it out there like any buddies of mine like you you need you need some like henchman or lackey to get offed or punched or something just i'll happily send you silly pictures of myself pretending to get punched or whatever for your reference and just throw me in there it's 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 always a kick seeing even it. if it's just a zombie in the background getting yeah, shot exactly. hell yeah exactly. i'll be down you know you need someone just you know the worse i get killed the better like it, it, i'm all for that god please my brains and my eyeballs out yes, i want exactly. the board exactly. but... i want to literally see what i'm thinking like just yes. put it all out there <laughs> oh i love that uh, oh, yeah no after that like steve and i pretty much hit it off and we work on adventure kingdom after that and we are work uh, we work together on two more unannounced things one it's done one i'm still doing uh and i'm hoping we get to talk uh we get to talk and work more after that awesome well you guys seem like a really solid team um so you mentioned that steve had the script and then you did the layouts and then that's when you kind of like contacted him did you have any input into like some sort of some of the gags in the book or some of the jokes or was it kind of all just taken from the script no, no. A lot of it, I took everything that Steve put on the script and I put it and then I added some of my stuff. Uh, like one of them, if you see when Ham is going through the Daily Beagle and you see a lot of like the newspaper puns in there, mm -hmm. I wrote those. Okay. Uh, yeah, those, those, were some, those were some of my favorite parts. Yeah, those <laughs> like, like Ham the radio. Yeah. I ham what I ham. I was like, I was trying to like, I, I used to be like a pun hater and then like, uh, I guess I switch a flip somewhere in my <laughs> late 20s that I was like, I love puns and I love making people groan. So I, I just like put as many puns as I could. Um, uh, also, what else? I I think some of the stuff I try to do is just a lot of the physical comedy. I try to push a lot. Uh, I remember watching when I was doing the, before I started the comic, I watched a lot of like old Tom and Jerry cartoons. Okay. Because I feel like they're very good at physical comedy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I, I, I avoided the Chuck Jones ones just because those are like much more prettier, but they were not feel, feel, uh, fitting like the violence that I wanted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, but, but this is for somebody who loves Chuck Jones styles. It just did not fit what I was looking for at the time. So I was looking for a lot of like rubber hose, uh, style and, um, uh, cartooning just to like inspire the look. But I also went and looked at all of like, the older stuff, uh, I also look at the David LaFuentes style because I really mm-hmm. like that, but I still in the end wanted to just do my own thing instead of copying somebody else's style uh, when it came to Spider-Ham. And I just definitely did not want him to look like the Spider-Verse one just because I wanted it, this to clearly be his its own interpretation. Yeah, character. 100%. Like, the way he's written and portrayed uh, through the script... I definitely get that this could be the same character. Like I hear John Mulaney's voice. <laughs> um, but visually, it's definitely its own thing, which I, I appreciated because it would be very easy to kind of like, not necessarily be, I, I wouldn't consider it lazy. I just like, it'd be like, okay, that's the thing you're going to do. Cause you're going to make it look like the spite, the spider verse one, because that's the popular thing to do and, and all that. But I really uh, appreciate that you went, just doing it your own way, even though you know there's nods to Spider Verse. I think there was um, some toys or something. Yes, I did put some toys. I put uh, those were actually also my idea. I was ah. looking at old Spider Ham memorabilia, not memorabilia like toys. Uh, some of them were like, and I was looking. I did reference that like melted popsicle. Yes, yes, that does. You, you, you. It sounds like you're adding all my favorite gags. <laughs> you added all my favorite gags to this book. Because, uh, yeah, when I saw the, the melted ice cream thing, I was just, like, cackling away. Like, yes, that's perfect. <laughs> uh, I'm still trying to remember uh, what other gags that I, I put myself. Uh, I did put all of, like, the... Mostly, like, the movie MCU stuff. Uh, when everything comes out of, like, the vacuum cleaner, mm-hmm. I put, like, uh, T'Challa's, like, necklace, Thanos' glove, the awesome volume mix. I put all that, uh, the, I forgot the name of Dr. Strange's. The, uh, the Eye of, uh, Eye of Agamotto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. I knew, I knew it had a cool name. All of those gags, uh, were mine. Um, just because I was thinking I did, uh, I said it before, but I did put that tribute to my teacher who worked on Spider-Man. Uh, and he passed away two years ago. Oh. Um, but yeah, I did put a, a little, I put him as one of the cartoonists in the bullpen. Uh, the bullpen was a, a Steve's a joke. I didn't get it at the time, but once I like Googled it, I was like, ah, this is funny. Um, but yeah, um, it was a lot of fun. I think that this one really made me push a lot of stuff that I don't like to draw because I, I, I just hate drawing like skyscrapers and in a most and in a more recent like and, and in the other NDA project that I am doing with him right now, as we speak, I had to draw so much traffic and uh. I, I it's like that is like that is like F tier for me on things that I like drawing, just cars. It's yeah. the worst. It's- and it was like five to six pages of cars and I was like, Steve, you're <laughs> I he didn't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna give it like it, it's it was a good scene. I'm not gonna complain about it. But then when I was like, I was like, oh man, 
these are a lot of cars, but I just didn't want to cheat my way out of drawing the cars, you know? No, no, I, I totally get it. It's that's the thing. People like say, Oh, horses are terrible to draw and I understand they can be difficult, but you can stylize a horse a bit and it still looks like a horse. Like yeah. for some reason, like cars are so finicky that even if like there's a million different styles of cars, it just feels like it's impossible. It's almost impossible to just like nail it in the first try and get it done. Well, not only that, when you can when you draw a horse or just an animal in general, aside from like certain small aspects like the hair or like the the spotting on the on the on the fur. You can draw once you figure out how to draw one, you can draw them all, and then you just modify some stuff if you want to, like, as a joke, draw a very horrendously muscular horse or a very tiny horse. But, like, the cars, uh, in my opinion, you just don't. And uh, I have done it, uh, I hate to admit it, but in the end, uh, you kind of have to, like, understand that a lot of cars don't look the same so sometimes you're gonna have to draw trucks or sometimes you're gonna have like to draw like a beetle like a Volkswagen beetle or stuff like that like you just different kind of cars so not everything looks the same but like I guess as long as you're able to like know how to draw a basic car you can kind of get away with drawing them a little bit different and you can say it's like a different model yeah yeah (laughs) so I'm not, I was never super familiar with Spider-Ham in general. The, my, aside from Spider-Verse and like a few things here and there, my only real like knowing it exists was I think a, a couple of the comics my older brothers had with the original 80s comics or whatever, but I don't think I ever actually read them. So a lot of the other superheroes in this book, I'm like, are these new, like newer I guess, uh, versions or were these pre-existing? I don't know if that was something you're, uh, like Captain America or Iron Mouse, which really seems hilarious given the whole Disney of it all. Um, uh, they're actually, they all existed, uh, before I think the new one that we definitely invented was Captain Meowville. Mm -hmm. um, and everybody else, like, kind of all appeared in, like, I know Hulk Bunny and at least at least Hulk Bunny and Captain America did appear on, like, the first one, or they're at least, like, in the covers. Uh, but uh, pretty much, like, Squawk Eye, Scarlet Pooch, uh, when they sent me, like, all their reference, it was, like, all of the vintage designs. Okay. So okay. they pretty much made all of the, as much as they could already into, like, their own, like, little parodies but i really just look at their basic design and i was like okay cool i'm not doing those i'm doing my own designs on the characters awesome. uh, just to keep it like a little bit different awesome so you uh had touched on that you're a chuck jones animation fan when it comes to i guess most artists that i speak to it's more you know traditional i guess or not traditional more like I can pin where your influences are, but since you have a very uh, fluid, I don't, I say cartoony, not as a derogative at all. It's I, I couldn't draw cart, I couldn't draw on this style to save my life. Um, it's it's a great skill set. I'm just curious, like I, I I can't pick out the influences as much. So would you mind kind of like uh, touching on like who who the artists you really gravitated to when you were first learning to draw? 
Yeah, um, also Spider-Ham, by the way, Spider-Ham is just such a not my usual style. Like, I do not blame anybody who cannot see my influences on it. If you see my actual, like, human style, it's easier to spot. But I definitely started with a lot of anime, especially uh, Rumiko Takahashi. Uh, she did Inuyasha, My Sonikoku, Ram and a Half. Um, and she was like, she was like the, I bought the first manga of Inuyasha. That was like my first ever comic that I ever owned, which I am surprised that my parents let me have it because I didn't realize I was 11 and it had so much boobies. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, oh, well, oh, okay. I'm, I'm assuming uh, the parents just didn't know. <laughs> yeah, they didn't know, but it was like, also like, I, I don't know if like this was a thing in the U.S., but back in in, in Colombia, everything was deemed satanic. Yu-Gi-Oh! was satanic. Hmm. Uh, Beyblade was satanic. So anime, therefore, was sa- satanic. So, and being a very, like, Catholic country, it just caused a lot of issues. Like, schools banned Yu-Gi-Oh! cards and Beyblades because they were... Not even because, oh, kids are playing this too much to interrupt in classes. It's like, no, it's satanic. You are not allowed to play it in recess, which is, like, ridiculous. Um... So yeah, there's always a, a a faction of that in the U.S. with with anything, you know. There's people who are still Harry Potter is the devil situations and, and things like that. So uh, I I totally I totally uh, get where you're coming from. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, so I like anime a lot, so, but unfortunately, couldn't draw it a lot uh, due to my parents like not approving of it, and it, whenever. I wanted to get into drawing classes. I will always learn fine art and I got bored immediately and like quit the classes. Um, but aside from that, uh, it was Rubiko Takashi, Masashi Kishimoto for, who did Naruto. Uh, and there were uh, some animes that for, they were never transmitted in the U S uh, I recently discovered that, uh, so do not be surprised if like anybody hearing this do, does not recognize them, but they were like super like influential for me. It was like Doto Konichan, uh, Corrector Jui, uh, Ghost Sweeper Mikami, Do and Excel Saga. I love those, and they also influenced me. They, uh, I couldn't find the mangas at all because they were like. Uh, how do I explain it? They were like, oh, we need, like, these to, like, animes to, like, get out, so, uh, whatever, but they'd never bother to, like, bring the mangas, and manga back in the day was really hard for, like, non-Americans, or at least for me in Colombia, to find, and they were, like, really expensive. Yeah. So I only got, like, the one Ranma manga that eventually just was gone, and I will mm-hmm. bring that to me, with me everywhere, like, to school to parties, to whenever I was out with my friends or with family, I was just always carrying that manga volume with me, and I would, like, trace it to no end, because I just loved it. Awesome. And I was also the kind of kid who will have a binder full of, like, anime prints. <laughs> yeah, I will just, like, see an image online, I was like, I like this anime print, and I will print it and keep it in my folder. Awesome. And did nothing with it. Or Do you, do you have any influences from, like, uh, American comics, or... Uh, any like the superhero stuff because, um, you know I I have seen your non Spider Ham work, <clears throat> and it, it is it is you know definitely a shift. Mm-hmm. And so I was just wondering like because I I do see some like, I guess uh maybe like Faith Aaron Hicks, 
I I don't know if I know. Uh, maybe if I see their art. Okay. Okay. Well, no, that that that's the thing. It's it's you know sometimes you, oh. know, you, you think you can see someone's style in something, or just like that that I guess around that style. But it's yeah, like, well, I can see that. But if you're coming uh, from like similar influences, you know, you may not be familiar with that person's work, but it's like, oh yeah, well, you know, if we came from like the same influences, you know, there's certain uh, uh, aspects that you would share. Not that I could go through and say one to one, like, oh, this looks like she could draw it or whatever. I'm just saying, like in general, and also it's probably some of my own, I guess, uh, for lack of a better word, ignorance in those you know that in reading stuff with that kind of style because again i'm more used to traditional american style uh comic art even if it is for like an independent book or something that would probably lend to be more you know on the realistic side as opposed to the big over muscled you know super dynamic uh you know uh american style so yeah it's it's i'm 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 my my uh Reference points are pretty limited. <laughs> I, no, I, I get it. it, but you'll be surprised. Uh, actually, I find Tread more to be a huge influence, especially okay. when drawing action scenes. Uh, it's I just like how dynamic his work is, and mm-hmm. just the insane amount of details when it comes to like fluid and motion. I like that a lot. So, um, I when I, I was in college, I read all of Luther Strode, and I recently read. Uh, I forget the other one that he did. And I have the full volume. Completely forgot the name. So there's that. Uh, I also read, I guess, uh, Brian Leo Malley counts as American comics. And I found okay. him to be a huge influence in my work, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, he's, you know, he's definitely, I've, you know, like most people, I've read Scott Pilgrim. Um, though I think I enjoyed Seconds more than the whole Scott Pilgrim thing. And I, I'm not entirely sure if that's the popular opinion or an unpopular opinion they have. I liked it, but uh, I liked it. But, oh, The New World is a Tradmore comic. I, okay. I went and Googled the name because it was bothering me. Um, no, Trad's I read amazing. the entire of The New World, and I liked it a lot. Um, but I, I think Scott Pilgrim, what I liked, it was that, uh, and again, this was just me being very ignorant back in the day, and I didn't know because it was like 2010 when I came to the U.S. for college. Um, and I did, I thought that American superhero comics were like American comics were only superhero comics. There was like nothing else. The, just U.S. comics, American superheroes, and manga. That there's nothing else. So seeing Scott Pilgrim for the first time uh, was like opened my eyes into like oh, there's like you can have like kind of be an American comic with uh not american but western comic with anime influence it was totally possible and thanks to scad i was actually well thanks to my scad teachers actually um i was able to slowly discover more stuff stuff like independent comics alternative comics uh uh bound comics uh and that was just like i had like a whole repertoire of stuff like probably one of my old-time favorite artists are Art Carasco, which is a duo of comic artists, they're from France, and they have made insane work. And whenever I know that they're making a new comic, I get excited and I buy it as soon as I can. I actually have a special, like one of a kind, not one of a kind, but like one of seventy uh, prints that they did for their newest comic named Satania, 
and I have one signed by them, and it's like I a treasure for me. I love it. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, to step back a second, uh, you, you know the Tradmore thing. You mentioned reading Luther Strode in college, and I I I remember very distinctly reading Luther Strode and just being like floored, like like where did this guy come from? I know he was a scat kid. Actually, he went to my same college. And then, you know, my unpopular opinion is like I kind of prefer where he his style around the Luther Strode stuff. This new stuff he does, it's awesome and trippy, but you know, it's very. I think I think for for my own personal preferences, like I can admire, I can recognize its uh, its awesomeness. But I'm like, I'm like, that's not 100% what I'm, what I, what I, you know, fell in love with his art about before, Um, which, you know, makes me feel like a, (laughs) almost like a, like a, you know, just like an idiot when everyone's like this, look at, look at his Silver Surfer Black series. Look at this amazing stuff. He's like, yeah, it looks cool. But it, you know, it, to me, it's just like, it's like, ah, I, I kind of just like really enjoyed what he had going on with that other stuff. But that's really just. You know that that's just uh you know uh, objective opinion or subjective. Or, I, I think I no no I can see why I feel like uh the thing about him is that he definitely pushes it a lot what he does and sometimes it does work and sometimes it doesn't because there's some stuff that in the new world that definitely has looked weird but there's some stuff also in this in the same comic that looks absolutely beautiful and mm-hmm. I think in the end. It's better, even if it doesn't work in the end for like a lot of his readers. Um, in my opinion, I do think it's like it's good that he tried it because it's better than eventually your art staying the same and kind of, um, I guess the best way I can is describe it. It just kind of it, it implodes in itself after a while if you just don't do the same thing, yeah. If you, if you just keep doing the same thing, so I do give him props for trying new stuff and. There are some, there uh, is some stuff in Silver Sur- Silver Surfer Black that I love, uh, especially that one spread where you see him like uh, flying surfing, and there's just like a long tear from his eye, and I was like, mm, yeah, yeah. yes, oh, this is like garlic bread in art to me. <laughs> I love it. No, I it, you you hit the nail on the head, like. Uh, the fact that he pushes so much with his art that it's it's it you would be a fool to not just at the very least respect the hell out of that for not just doing the same thing and keep going keep going. There's a few artists you know that I feel you know kind of do that in in American comics, but may, they may not have that as a off kilter style as Trad does. Uh, you know. Ryan Stegman, I know he went through a couple phases. Um, Ryan Stegman of Venom fame, recently, like most recently, and now he and Donny Cates are doing their own uh, creator own thing. Uh, but I know he went through. He, he almost had kind of like a. He did this kind of like this wobblier style for an Avengers book that was kind of like a toned down version of what Trad's doing, not as trippy. But like with like the figures kind of being almost rubbery and things like that, and then he kind of like dialed it back. He kind of like dialed it into a different direction, and now he's very much like you know, if uh like a modern Joe Casada, if you're uh 
if that, that's probably, probably the best reference I have for that. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, people who keep pushing and keep going forward. It's, um, even though it's like, well, I, you know, kind of like that other stuff more, maybe it, you can't not respect the fact that's what they're doing. And, and, and of course, you know, like I said, occasionally there's some stuff that's like, this is gorgeous. This is awesome. But then overall it's like, well, you know, maybe for, st- for a comic book reading purposes, maybe it's just not my jam, which is fine. You know, not every artist has to suit you. My favorite artist uh, of all time growing up, Mark Silvestri, uh, who drew Wolverine and then he drew his own image series, Cyberforce. After a while, he kind of, you know, shifted into a much like scratchier kind of style as opposed to the more standard imagey kind of thing. And that it took me a long time to get <laughs> to get used to that. It, it happens. Uh, and, and I feel that because it, I'll try to like break from my regular style after I'm done uh, with this one project that I'm doing. Uh, because I've been like working with like the same default uh, clip studio brush for like years, mm-hmm. and I have not broken off of that. And I'm kind of like, when I look at my own art, I'm like, I, I'm sick of you. I hate you so <laughs> much. Whenever I'm like, um, like, but then whenever I try to break my style, I like get so frustrated trying a new pen because like, no, this does not feel right. And then I go back, I'm like, yeah, I love this. And the cycle <laughs> repeats of like going back to what I hated at the very beginning. Well, we're, we're a little bit into our discussion. So I feel uh, like I'm not cheating now by saying, asking what kind of uh, pens you use in Clip Studio. Do, is, do you just like use like the default brushes or do you have any uh, custom brushes you use? I I have I actually have bought it bought sets of custom brushes and I end up not using them at all. Uh, but so if you have Clip Studio, I just use the texture pen. Okay, that's all. I I might use like the effects brushes just for like shading and stippling, and that's about it. But otherwise, I don't even like uh, using the, um, unless I'm like in a rush, I personally don't like using like the foliage brushes that much mm-hmm. unless I can like, uh, unless I like go use them and then go with my own penmanship and kind of like move stuff or, uh, yeah. like edit them a little bit. Uh, just because of how, if you see my line work, you see that it's kind of rough if you still like see it. So having like such a clean, tr- let's say a, a tree, and it looks so clean in the background. I feel like it just does not matches what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, totally. So I, if I do use like a preset brush that has something like an asset like that, I like going either draw on top of it or edit it just so it matches what I'm doing. Yeah. I, but it still helps me like get stuff done. Yeah, I, I recently went and made my own grass brush. Just for whenever I have to draw grass. <laughs> well, I need to make my own body hair brush because, like, if I, I I bite the one, I'm like, this looks terrible. But I, if I try to draw my own body hair, I'm gonna destroy my hands. Yeah, I, I just I know it. Yeah, you know that's that's one of the neat things I've I've learned about buying custom brushes here and there is like I can then just you know they did the hard work for me, so I can just change what what the actual i guess brush tip is and just make it my own and then they have all the settings that i needed that i I wouldn't know how to program myself uh to do like the grass brush or something like that um it took me a long while to get used to clip studio i tried i you know i bought all the friend and brushes 
Oh, me too. And I love them. I love they're they're really great when I remember to uh, use I'm like them. <laughs> really close to cracking to find the one that I want because yeah. that my thing is that if I I'm gonna press a line, I want to press it and be done, and I don't like going back to mm-hmm. it. And that's like a, a little bit of the struggle that I'm having with the with the friend and brush uh, brushes. Uh, so once I find the one that I like and I toy with it enough, I know I'm gonna get like a brush pen that I really got. It's gonna get the style that I wanted. I I'm so close to cracking it out. Oh, to cracking it. <laughs> totally, totally. The biggest thing for me was I'm I'm very heavy handed, even digitally. I'm like I press too hard. So I had to find something that got the line I wanted, and you know, kind of felt like when i was pressing or when i would have to you know back off of it or whatever and he came out with this brush called the not scott um which i think is based off of the anchor scott williams who inks like all of jim lee's stuff and once i started using that it was like oh whoa, 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 okay wait I th- we're, we're almost there <laughs> so after some tweaking with the brush and all that like i feel like that's where i got most comfortable because i even tried like since then like well let me try something different or whatever and it just doesn't feel it just doesn't feel right because that's what like it it's re- reproduces what i want to reproduce when i ink you know traditionally yeah for me it's the dry dan okay. parentheses less dry mm-hmm. uh that one is the one that i've been trying to like use the most but it does have the issue that if i want like a good like thick line uh i kind of have to go back and retrace it and i kind of want to avoid doing that because it's just it's just not dark enough that where it's where i wanted mm-hmm. uh i think like the the one i think it's a weird time to say it but like uh i like how it looks like the paper texture in paint tool sigh and mm-hmm. if anybody knows what i'm talking about they'll know what i'm talking about but the thing is that paint tool sigh it doesn't have a, a lot of like the stuff that Clip Studio has, but the brush quality and the brush tweaking, some of the brush tweaking that like um, Sci Clip uh, Paint Studio Sci has, Clip Studio doesn't have. So it's like a bit of a conundrum where it's like, what do I do? Yeah, because yeah. switching between both programs is kind of a pain. Mm. Yeah, it's. It, that's kind of the uh, one of the hurdles, definitely, of uh, getting into the digital art. Were you always drawing? You know, of course, you know, not everyone has a tablet growing up and all that. Um, well, maybe these days they do. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, did, were you always like drawn to digital art, or is it something you kind of picked up in college? Or uh, I did have a tablet, but I definitely didn't use it as much just because uh, there was definitely because it was one of those tablets that like you sit in front and you look at a mm-hmm. screen and there was like a disconnect between the paper and what I was looking that it was like just not matching for me. So w- once in college, uh, like way, way much further into college, I did realize like because the, my uh, back scat uh, scat offers you like tablets in their school labs that you can use anytime you just need to buy a pen so after a while i was like just making sure that this was something i wanted to put money on uh so once like i used it like enough times like by my third year in school i was like uh, i told my parents like hey i want a tablet so i was like okay save up some money i saved some money and they helped me with the rest of it 
and I got my Cintiq, uh, it actually died um, earlier this a uh, few months ago, actually. So I just had to buy a new one. Um, and it's fine. Like, I love it. It's just like using the old one. Uh, but I do, I did the investment and I used to be very traditional. I loved how like pinks on paper mm -hmm. work, but I am just very messy. I, <laughs> if I ink something, I will smudge it. I do a lot of mistakes when inking that, um, I know I'm going to like regret and I'm going to, there's going to be more white out than ink in the page at the end <laughs> of the page. So I rather. I'd rather just, instead of getting frustrated, just making it all digitally, especially when I have to draw very complex stuff. Yeah. I, I know I don't have it. I don't have the cleanliness or the time to be clean with the pages. I 100%. I, I love the tactile nature and just the, you know, hearing the, the nib scrape across the paper and stuff like that. You know, I love that. But yeah, I'm also very impatient and messy <laughs> when it comes to to inking traditionally. So it's definitely something I'm, I try to stay on top of in terms of like, you know, not losing uh, that feel of it, but it is very nice to have a digital option <laughs> to get things done. Cause in the end you got to get things done. Like you can't as, as, as nice as it is to kind of uh, draw on paper and, and do all that other stuff. If you're spending this time whiting something out, waiting for it to dry, re-inking it, what have you, when you could have been done with that panel, you know, well beforehand, if you were doing it digitally, it's, yeah, it's, you know, you, you still got to get the stuff done. Yeah, no, but there's like, uh, there's like a sense of pride just seeing like, just like the physical pages, uh, because I see like my big, like I see like the stack of like files that I did and I'm like, huh, that's neat. But if I see it like physical, there's something mm -hmm. about seeing it physical that I was like, oh, wow, I did this. Uh, and I actually found, like, an old stack of, like, my webcomic because uh, the webcomic that I worked on for a few years was all drawn by hand. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it, it was, like, very nostalgic seeing the old pages. Uh, and meanwhile, I see, like, the old pages of, let's say, Gumball, and I was like, huh, this, is, this was neat. That, that was a nice project. But I, don't, I did not get the sense of nostalgia from that project as much as I did uh, when actually seeing like the physical pages of my work. Oh yeah, totally, totally. I have um, a graphic novel I did a few years ago where I, at the end of it, cause I was doing it in between, you know, full-time job and all that. So it was, uh, you know, a long time coming to finish it. And once I finished it, I took a picture of the giant stack of pages and sometimes it'll pop up like in my, you know, my computer's like photo memories or whatever. And I'm just like, wow, yeah, that was impressive. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, like, you know, whatever gigs of files I have on my computer, like, yeah, yeah, it's some stuff I did. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, uh, especially my friend Isa Melisone, uh, she does uh, Namesake, the, the webcomic. She does it all by hand, and I'm like, you insane woman. What <laughs> the hell? This is, it, it's absolutely gorgeous. I'm just baffled. Um, so yeah, I'm like, I'm working on a project with Jordan Alsaka. Uh, this is like from a project, old, old project of mine that, and I just ask him like, Hey, do you want to be the writer? I, 
I'm dumb dumb. I cannot do long. I do not trust my long storytelling skills. Uh, so I want you on this project with me. And he was like, yeah. And I, I am internally currently having like the, the, the fight. <laughs> Two artists inside of me, one traditional, one digital. How am I going to do this webcomic that is like a love passion project of mine? Because I know I want it to look a certain way and I'm going to suffer if I do it uh, by hand. Uh, but I um, but I also won't get the look of how I want it to look if I do it digitally, basically. Yeah. That, you know, I literally what I am going through right now. I'm I'm getting started to do a big project with my buddy Steve Bryant and it's gonna be the longest, you know, project I've done since that graphic novel. And yeah, I just like well, you know, penciling everything digitally and getting it ready, I'm I'm okay with that. But yeah, back yeah, in my head same. I'm like, should I ink this traditionally? Like I'm just thinking like all the like well one, it'd be cool to have all the pages and then, you know, come time we're gonna probably crowdsource or crowdfund the the comic it's like well it'd be nice to have the original art available in case that's the thing we want to put up or you know it just might be nice to have uh just have you know it's just that thing yeah you, i i want to have this <laughs> but but then the the, the, the... Then once I go into the, like the, the traditional, it's like, what do I want? Do I want to print directly on the pre- paper the blue lines, or do I want to trace yeah. the blue lines? <laughs> because then it will look so neat having like the finish, the the, the clean page. Yeah. But also, I know I'm gonna move the paper while I'm tracing on it. And I'm gonna like make a mistake. Oh yeah. Uh, so I'm like, uh, I'm, I think once I experiment uh, enough, uh. By digital, once I have some time, I can more confidently like jump into that project with like a brush that I finally find like how I want it to look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think like once I'm able to do that, because like I'm getting way in my head about something that is supposed to be like a fun project, <laughs> not like even if it's like a passion like project, it's still something that I want to have fun. I don't want to like look at this and hate this thing that i'm doing because yeah. i ha- I had so much stress trying to make it look perfect no yeah 100 percent. and that's what you know but that's what we, we artists do right we take this oh this is fun this is fun you know you basically repeating that to yourself so you're about to cry this is fun <laughs> like, this oh is- my god i i there were some points where i was like do i want to do this forever no I feel like right now my biggest fear is like the strain in my body. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't want to reach like 10 years from now and not be able to draw. Yeah. That is like the last thing I want. So at this point, I kind of, I, I kind of just kind of, I'm trying to learn not to like ex- get on as many anthologies. Like I got into like two or three projects. I said yes to them and now I'm suffering because mm-hmm. like I shouldn't have said yes to the project. They're done. They're, they are done. But still i kind of like okay i have to now focus on the big time work and i cannot say no to it because contracts were signed no yeah it's you know it's that thing where you know personally for myself you know where my life is and all that like i i know that doing this you know drawing comics full-time at best would be still you know if i have the opportunity a couple years out still because i'm you know, mainly, you know, dad and I have a part-time gig that I do from home on top of the art. So my art time is early morning or late at night. So I'm like, okay, so I know that. 
but you know I kind of had that camera had that camera <laughs> I kind of had to have that conversation with myself like do I really want to do this then I'm you know I'm like well I want to make comics whether I'm doing it for a living or not I'm going to do it so you know why not just keep going and then when I finally you know hopefully have that opportunity to uh mainly when my kids are both in school all day because they're still too young to be in school all day um I'll have that time period to be like all right well I could really get stuff done <laughs> now a good chunk of time because uh you know I don't know what your what your work schedule is but you know sitting down for like 2 hours to like okay I have 2 hours to work like it kind of feels like you're just getting going at that point at the 2 hour mark so, you know, having extended period of time, like, okay, well, you know, then, then I'll see. But, um, yeah, it's, you just kind of, you know, for myself personally, it was just having that conversation where it's like, well, I'm going to do this anyway. And, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about, uh, before we start recording that, you know, we both got a couple ailments happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, shake I'll, I'll be fine. I think I'll be fine. It's just like, um. Uh me just having to like i just need to fix my schedule and be able to like get into like the whole get work done mindset that i've been struggling a lot lately but it's because i haven't i, I realize like it's because i haven't been able to have like a proper like break uh mm -hmm. even like the small trips that i've been doing have been like to conventions or signings so it's Still not work. really a vacation yeah, yeah. It, might, it might be fun you might have some you know good times but it's still work overall because you're there for the purpose of your career so yeah that I, I i totally get that yeah i'm gonna have a trip to columbia as uh, soon as i'm able to go and i definitely know that i'm gonna like make sure that that month i do not have to do work and i'll be like do not contact me over the span of this month do not talk to me <laughs> Delete, I'm out. delete Twitter off all your all your uh, devices. I'm gonna be like, hey, I'm gonna be like away. Do not contact me for work. I will be like, talk to you later. See ya. <laughs> that that sounds pretty nice. <laughs> I I definitely have had those moments myself this past year, and then I'm like, oh wait, I'm doing the podcast though, and I at least have to like you know promote the podcast at some point. So then it just that like, is not so bad. Uh, um, at least, but okay. I I get it. Yeah, you know, if if I was a, a more organized man, um, I would probably like, oh, well, I could schedule out these tweets using, you know, TweetDeck or whatever and just like have them all set the schedule and just turn it off and just like go and, you know, leave it be and, and let it let let that happen. But, you know, that's how it goes. So before uh, before we uh, wrap up the show, we do have a question from Twitter. Uh, from uh, good old question asker Grant Stoy. Oh. <laughs> oh, I know where this is going. Uh, he wants to know, is Spider-Ham an Easter meal or a Christmas meal? A Valentine's meal. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I meant to say with that. I'm just like, the Spider-Ham uh, stream that I did on Valentine's Day. <laughs> there you go uh grant uh, for, for my answer to this i would say that uh for some reason you say spider ham and i think of like cloves on ham 
and that just reminds me of Christmas. So I'm in the red, and the, I'm just gonna say Christmas. I think I think Spider-Man. I'm gonna say a Halloween ham because it's spiders, actually. Oh, there you go. There we go. See, nailed it right there. <laughs> there we go. So uh, before we wrap up the show, can you uh, talk about any upcoming things you have that you can talk about, or is it all you know strict NDA type stuff? Uh, strict NDA at the moment. Uh, I have hinted. Um, well, I'll say this: um, Spider Ham is the first one of a series. Mm-hmm. That's all I was going to say. Uh, otherwise, uh, I, I do have uh, the, the novels of Mixed Match, uh, Mixed Up, Mixed Match, Mixed Bag, and Mix and Match. And it's going to be a trilogy of comics, but you're not going to see those in like two, three years, like at least two to three years from now. Um, and aside from that, I do have a few announcements of stuff coming soon. It's just that they have we have not been able to announce them yet. No, that totally understand it. That, that's that's the way of the business. Yeah. So. But like, it's a lot, and I'm like, I'm really excited for everything to come out. But it's like, just I'm like, sir, please tell me when. I am desperate <laughs> to well, announce it. You know what people need to do? They need to stop and listen to you right now as you tell them where they can find you on social media, so they can be. Right there when you announce all these cool projects you got coming up. Uh, yeah, you can actually find me on Twitter and on Instagram at, at ShadiaMeanArt on everything. Uh, just one A between my first and last name. So it's just one A. So ShadiaMeanArt. So both Twitter and Instagram is where I'm the most active. All right. And I'll make sure there's a link to those in the show notes along with your website and a link to where they can go pick up Spider-Ham you know apparently volume one so better Thank jump you. on that it's a great it's a great uh christmas present for those younger readers in your life so you know hint hint <laughs> go and go and get it shadia thank you so much for coming on it was great talking to you and yeah thank you for having me over thanks for listening to the comics coffee metal podcast please be sure to return next week with my guest wolverine the creator and host of the channel Wolverine on YouTube, home of the Office Field Guides and the really cool real crime documentary satire series, Who Was the Scranton Strangler? See you then. <laughs>